Hello, everybody, and welcome to Friends of the Force, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Brad. And I'm your host, Sarah. And this is Bebo's Book Report, which is a podcast series about a TV show named Star Wars Resistance that has nothing to do with books, but that's the fun in it. And today is the third annual Remembering Resistance Day. Happy Remembering Resistance Day, everybody. We made it three times. Yes. So if you are listening to this on August 29th, it is Remembering Resistance Day right now, today. And if you are listening to this any other day of the year, thanks for joining us. And every day is a good day to celebrate this excellent, excellent show. So use the hashtag Remembering Resistance to join in the fun any day of the year. I uh, could not agree more. Uh, And they do say the third time is the charm, but the first and second were also the charm as well, because we've had some great interviews up to this point. Uh, and today we're adding another one. So we got the chance to talk with the voice of Tora Doza herself, Mirna Velasco. Um, Sarah, I can speak for both of us in saying that we love the Doza family with all of our hearts. Uh, Vanessa, Emmanuel, Tora, Buggles. There's a fourth family member Buggles? in there that we don't talk enough about. No Buggles erasure here. An icon. <laughs> so we were so excited to uh, to get into all things Toradoza with Myrna um, and talk about family and just so many great things with the character. Yes. Uh, if you don't know Myrna's work from Resistance, you might know her work from Elena of Avalor, DC Superhero Girls, Madagascar, A Little Wild, among many other shows and things where you can hear her voice. So many fun things that she's involved with. And uh, we were just, again, so blessed to talk to her for the third annual Remembering Resistance Day. So this is a longer interview than we typically have done. So strap yourselves in, have some fun. And without further ado, let's turn it over to our interview with Myrna Velasco. Oh, I know. We could try out the new Drone Blaster game I just got. It's so wizard. Let's go back to the tower. I'll get the service droids to bring us some food. That sounds good to me. What do you say, Sonara? The tower? Are you sure I can come? (laughs) Of course you can come. I meant all of us. Let's go! Happy Remembering Resistance Day, folks. Uh, Today we are so honored to be joined by none other than the voice of Tora Doza, Myrna Velasco. Welcome to Friends of the Force. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you guys in the virtual space. (laughs) (laughs) We are are so excited because uh, the Dozas are one of our favorite groups, ensembles in Star Wars. I think that family uh, means so much to us for so many different reasons. Let's kick it off with, you know, three years later, the show has come to a conclusion. We are here remembering it. Uh, I want to start with, like, how do you remember Resistance all these years later? That's a great question. Uh, as a blur. No, kidding. Uh, kind of <laughs> kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I honestly do remember it as this uh, tipping point for my career. Um, it was the first thing I had really booked that was major. Um, I had done like little bit parts on camera for like Modern Family and like I had done some commercials in in Spanish and stuff like that. But um, before I I, uh, started working on Resistance, I was kind of ready to just pack it up. I, I was I was ready to be done with the the schlag of auditioning in L.A. I um, I was seeing the the horizon of my 30s and I was like, oh, I don't have nothing to show for this. Um, so I 
took this yoga course to learn how to be a yoga teacher and um, came up with this brilliant idea that I was going to be this traveling yoga teacher throughout the world. And that's that was like calling to me. I was like, that's kind of what I want to do now. And actor life be damned. I, I don't I don't really need it anymore. Um, and right as I was uh, really like in the thick of this 500 hour uh, training process to become a yoga teacher, I got a call from my agent that was like, this uh, Lucasfilm animation studio, do you know what that is? And I was like, yeah, like Star Wars. And she's like, nah, it's not Star Wars, but like it's the company that produces Star Wars. I was like, okay, sure, what about them? Uh, she was like, well, they, they want you to come in and uh, audition for them for this uh, animation they're working on. It's just this little tiny role. They're thinking they want some Latin American people and they just want to like hear what certain accents sound like. And I was like, OK, fine, I'll, I'll fit you in between my yoga classes. Why not? Uh, <laughs> so I go to this audition and, um, my agents are amazing people in that they recognize that like, she's so checked out that we can't put stakes on this. Otherwise she'll be like rethinking her whole life again. And that'd just be a mess. So I, uh, I go to this audition and then I quickly realize it's a test, a chemistry test. And I was like, Oh, shoot. But in my mind, I'm still like, yeah, but they're not testing me. I'm not going to be one of the characters. They're just looking for Latin accents, whatever that means. And uh, I go through the test and I meet these like wonderful actors um, like Christopher Sean and Scott Lawrence. And I'm like, these are like big people. Cool. Good for them. They're going to book this animation. And, uh, you know, we start going through the lines and I was like, they totally lied to me. This is Star Wars. Like, what the heck? <laughs> kind of wish I could be on this show now. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, but the audition happens and like, I'm still like, meh, whatever. I guess these guys are going to have a great time on the show, but I'm going to go teach yoga in Germany and in Hawaii and all over South America. So whatever, that's fine. I don't need it. Uh, and as like the the big thing that I remember of like this first kernel of uh, kind of the spark of like coming back to this career choice to this path, if you will, uh, was that after the audition, Christopher Sean and I walked out together and he goes, you know, I think you booked it. I think that role, that Tora Doza role is yours. And I laughed and I was like, no, I didn't. I didn't book this. Like, say stuff like that that's that's not real uh and then you know he gets into his bmw and i get into my like 2006 honda civic uh, <laughs> bumping away like, okay peace out man uh no i tease i think he was also driving a crappy car but i don't know uh, <laughs> i don't remember that part um but so like that was my first memory of star wars and then uh, of resistance uh, not of star wars in general but of resistance and it, it was just such a beautiful, like, two months go by, I'm starting to teach yoga, and then all of a sudden, I get a call from my agent again going, okay, are you ready to record this show? And I was like, I'm an actor again? What? <laughs> uh, and and I, I, I was so scared. I was so worried that I was, like, going to fuck up. This felt like a lot of pressure. But 
there was never a point where um, Brandon Allman, um, the head story writer, and uh, Justin Ringe, the, the head like creative producer at the time, there was never a point in which they were like, don't do this or do this. They were just so open to just find what was organic and what was real and and what fit the story and it, they just they trusted us they always knew that like we you guys you guys are going to bring a sense of authenticity and the reason we had that chemistry test was to just make sure that you guys could be friends and as long as you keep that in mind uh, the story is going to come out and and that's all that we care about and um it was just yeah like it was just such a really heartwarming overall experience making the show that I almost forgot that there would be a show at the end. Um, and, and like, you know, I was just having so much fun getting to know Kaz and getting to know Tam. Um, and we were so lucky. This was the before times where we could be in the same vocal booth at the same time. And just like the, the joy and like, I'm never going to be able to express how important it is to say your lines, read your lines, because in voiceover, we're lucky that we have the script in front of us. We don't have to memorize anything. So we're saying our lines and there was just something about being able to look up across the room and make eye contact with the person playing my dad, you know, and see Captain Doza and him react. And then we're just like, we're not we're not acting, we're not pretending like we're really here. This really feels real. And now it's like, we can't do that stuff anymore. And I don't know what's real in this little isolated booth of my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess the longest answer I could ever give you is that my first memory was just this heartfelt journey into being accepted by friggin' Lucasfilm Animation and like that being my first major foray in as a series regular in in an animation or any kind of TV show. Like I worry that I have already I've already hit my prime and I'm done here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, as much as we love Torah and as much as we love resistance, there's no way. Like there's no way. <laughs> There's there's even greater things on the horizon. I have, I, I have no doubt of that. <laughs> thank you. I genuinely hope that there is like a resistance, you know, 3.5 years later. Where are these kids now? That's what I genuinely hope for. I mean, they got to come Us back to the too. animation. Us right? too. I think about, you know, what they're doing or like what they could do in their lives all the time. They're all such rich characters. They've all got these incredible internal lives that we can continue to mine. Right. You know, as much as we are remembering, we are also uh, manifesting <laughs> every every year, every yes. August. <laughs> yes, snaps to that. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so you talked about kind of your first memories with Resistance here, but what are your first memories with Star Wars? And and what does Star Wars like as a movie franchise? As these things that so culturally in the zeitgeist yeah. is it something you grew up with or something you found out you know alongside resistance yeah um so it's like a little bit of everything um i was not the biggest fan growing up um and and for a long time i didn't really kind of 
piece it all together that all of these different stories were the same franchise and, and were in the same universe. Um, so I'll, I'll start off with like one of my earliest memories is of my mom and her sisters talking about how they went to a drive-in theater to see this American space movie. Um, so my mom's from Mexico and uh, it's all, you know, the whole memory in my mind is in Spanish where uh, they were like, they were still learning English, her and her sisters. And so they go to this drive-in movie to like get exposed to the English language. And they couldn't quite understand what was going on other than there was this, um, there was this robot called Citripos and there was this, uh, this uh, other robot called Arturito, which like Arturito is like a nickname for Arthur in Spanish. <laughs> so they kept calling this robot Arthur <laughs> and little tripos, which is like kind of a variation of like guts, the word guts in Spanish. And so I was always like, that is the wildest experience my mother could have ever had. I wonder what movie that was. Like what 1980s space movie that had gut guy and little Arthur in it. I'm never going to know. I'm just never going to know. Uh, and I like my brother, sister and I would kind of try to investigate what this was. And the closest we got to was the Star Wars parody Spaceballs from Mel, Mel Brooks. If you haven't seen it, it's so weird. I highly recommend it. Um, it's it's just like if you like parody, like it's fun. If parody mm -hmm. kind of grates at you like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, pass. Hard pass. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was, like, hilarious. And then it never occurred to me until I was about 10-ish or so that this was a parody on Star Wars. And luckily, um, you know, luckily for some reasons, not luckily for other reasons, I grew up in Southern California in the suburbs of Santa Clarita. And they have, like, a really big pop culture uh, fandom in Santa Clarita. And I was lucky to have made friends with a couple of little kids that really loved Star Wars. And, um, you know, they were, like, novel readers. They were, like, we have, not only do we have these uh, movies, the original trilogy on VHS, but our dads have it on Betamax or on Laserdisc. So let's watch it on Laserdisc today. And I, then I finally was like, oh my God, Spaceballs isn't its own thing? Wh okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I, I preferred Star Wars because like it was earnest and legitimate and it was this uh, first like a realistic introduction to sci-fi for me. And, um, and it just was like, such community building too that like I could I could look to my friends and see that like we're enjoying it but also we're enjoying it because their moms and dads enjoy it and then now I know oh my god it's not gut guy and little Arthur like oh okay I get it I get it um and then it kind of gave me this like closer sense to my own mom of like oh let me sit you down and explain to you what's actually going on here, mom. <laughs> like, let's, let's talk about this. Uh, it's so much so that, um, you know, I, I was, we went, I forced my mom and my older sister and younger brother and I to go to the movies and watch, uh, episode one first day it came out. I needed to know more. I needed to know 
who who's this Anakin Skywalker and and how is he related to Luke and what how, what do you mean yeah I guess of course they have to have a mom but I wasn't really the type of kid that wanted to like sit through novels too much I loved watching movies I loved watching cartoons and that sounds like the best to me so uh that was kind of yeah that was the the trajectory I took to find Star Wars and uh it was always like comfort food, you know, um, whenever I was going to theater classes and, and getting berated because my Shakespeare scansion wasn't quite right, or you're never going to get that lead ballet solo because you, you don't have the training for it, kid, well, I'd come back home and pop in an animation or my comfort food of Star Wars or any other sci-fi, and it was just like, that's okay. That's okay. These people are cool, and maybe I'll be like these people one day. <laughs> <laughs> and you were, because Tora Doza, I mean, talk about a comfort character. I think it's so easy for so many people to see themselves through Tora. Um, and even, you know, you speak about Star Wars being a, a, a thing that's very based around family when it comes to your relationship with it, you know, and the idea of Tora and her family and what family means to her and like what what their family has had to go through in order to stick together and to to thrive and to be a unit, right? Um, do you feel like Star Wars was that was a gateway in some sense to many other things? I remember in one interview you said you really like Dragon Ball Z. Like it seems like you're you kind of share a little bit of geekdom like Sarah and I do. So was that like sort of a gateway or um how did you just Definitely. sort of start to get into the voice acting career and and also like leading you to work on many of these projects? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Star Wars was a gateway, uh, a gateway drug into uh, geekdom <laughs> and uh, hardcore sci-fi. <laughs> uh, no, Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. You guys get it. You guys get it. Let's uh, let's talk aliens now. No kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it it uh, it was definitely a a gateway and kind of this like weird um little secret as well uh in that like i so yeah i also loved Gra dragon ball z and i think when you kind of learn to suspend disbelief about these space people <laughs> in this galaxy far far away a uh, long time ago and you can kind of like start analyzing it and accepting that as it is then things like dragon ball is also acceptable however i should uh just clear the uh, clear and specify so my mom being this amazing human that she is uh she's the one that actually introduced me and my brother to dragon ball z and we first started watching it dubbed in spanish because she wanted us to learn spanish and uh she thought it was hilarious now, she was watching it when it was just dragon ball um and it was the story of goku growing up and she was like, this is kind of a racy cartoon, but I love it. So I'm going to let you guys watch it. And I think I was like no older than seven years old when I was like, what yes. are we watching? I love this. <laughs> and Parenting from like seven right. up, right? <laughs> but from that point forward, I w that was our thing. Like we'd come home from school and we'd pop on some Dragon Ball and, and watch Goku grow up. To be also completely transparent, once Goku grew up, I was a little bit like, I'm done here. Um, I... 
I don't know that I can uh, follow any more of these humans. <laughs> um, are they humans? I don't even know if that was ever answered technically. But anyway, um, my brother, however, like he's someone that if you just wanted to talk trivia and fandom up until present moment, he's the person that's like, ah, of course I'm still watching Dragon Ball. Which one are we on right now? What what season are we watching? And I'm like, that's dedication. Uh, I love you. And I've got to go work now. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so big tangent on how uh, I came to know Dragon Ball. Um, but yeah, like it, the fantasy was this big thing in my family. Fantasy, sci-fi, um, we loved it. My mom loves it. She loved instilling this sense of like magic in us. So it was always easy to buy into stuff like that. And then as I started growing older, growing up and recognizing that like I have this not desire, but need to be an actor um, because it's through this need of finding and creating magic myself, uh, I, I, I needed to do it the quote unquote right way. So I, I wanted to do it the collegiate way, the scholastic way, the academic way, if you will. Um, and it became really heady and it's a lot of like, theater classes, analyzing scripts, and uh, writing down your act, your character's biography, and then, like, you know, lying still and, and remembering the given circumstances of the play, reading the play over and over and over again, and then, you know, and then to, to get into a college of any sort, you also got to know Shakespeare. You got to know the classics. You got to know the Greeks. And it just is so much um, <laughs> that I was almost a theater student. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of reading. It's a lot of analytical stuff that kind of begins to separate you from beauty and magic and and that desire to create um worlds for yourself so whenever i would be done with like what was seemingly and and practically you know 13 hour days in theater class um and then they tell you you gotta be a triple threat kid so you gotta sing you gotta dance you gotta act but now you also gotta write your own plays and you gotta produce your own podcasts and so yeah so it's a lot uh kids go to school for science and mathematics it's much more cut and dry i hear <laughs> um but so yeah, I'd, I'd get through these like long days of not like emotional, sad days and then like reading for hours and hours and analyzing the life of William Shakespeare to get a good grade in the theater history class. And all I just wanted to do was just like watch something that made sense and was simple. And that was animation and sci-fi and fantasy. And that, like, I I didn't realize that's what I wanted to pursue. I didn't realize for so long that, like, of course you're going to be a voice actor. You fall asleep to Ren and Stimpy. Like, like you, <laughs> you can quote the Flintstones and Scooby-Doo. Like, you don't know. Maybe I know other stuff, but the, the stuff that I know in my sleep, in my bones, is animation. Uh, 
And and it took me quite a long time to figure that out all the way up until um, my beautiful agent signed me and they were like, you know, we actually think you're very talented. And I was like, that's weird because all of my on camera people think I suck. And they're like, well, we bet you they don't think that, but you probably have just more confidence in the booth than you do on camera. Consider that. And I still consider it to this day. And I'm like, I think they're lying, but <laughs> they might be onto something. <laughs> So. It's. I was having this conversation uh, with Brad recently. I was like, do I trust them to tell me what they think is true? Yes. Do I believe them? Not necessarily. Not always. <laughs> Not always. Belief is tricky. <laughs> it can be complicated. Yeah. 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 It is a complicated relationship. Yeah. Human and belief. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that that kind of like is the the broad strokes of the trajectory in a long story. Uh, I ended up uh, never actually going to college. <laughs> uh, or, no, I did go to college. I didn't complete college because uh, I was booking commercials and I thought I'd be a hot star. And uh, then then, yeah, my agents found me through the whole networking web of grossness that is networking in any field I think that's my belief <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> but you know you stay gracious and you stay interested enough for somebody to be interested in you and that's that's what it came down to and did the old fashioned way in Hollywood um and I've been just really lucky um and I think that's the thing I always try to remind people as well, especially if they're trying to be an actor of any medium. Um, it's luck may not be something we can cultivate, um, but it's good to be prepared. She's good to be prepared. <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that luck is just the, is just timing and preparation. Like, exactly. I know that's that's a saying, right? But yeah. that's, it's so true. It rings true. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and yeah, and I think uh, the, if, we're, if we're saying sayings, um, I try to remind myself and any other actor friend or, or any other artist really in my life that like uh, I've made a commitment to myself that being an actor um isn't just this idea of like, you made it, you made resistance, you're done, kid. Go out to the Bahamas and live your life now. Like you can't really, as much as I love resistance and I love what it had done for my career, I can't be living off of the resistant residuals alone, you know? Um, but it, it is a constant action to make something. Uh, so I commend you guys for making this podcast and going out of your way every every week, yeah? Every week. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Making it, making the the product of your labor, of your passion. And and that like that's what we're aiming for, this ability to consistently make something. Um so you know, if you are an actor, if you are an artist, just try to make something today. Try to make something as consistently as you can. And inevitably, somebody's going to notice, and that's your luck. Um, and if it takes a lifetime, well, 
I have to sigh and tell myself, well, this is my life's work. This is my life's pursuit. So it, I, I might not book the on-camera uh, series regular on the How I Met Your Father, which I have not, <laughs> but uh, am I just going to quit because it's too hard because they haven't noticed me yet? No, no. I have to keep pursuing because I don't know what's on the next, um, over the next hill. I don't know what's over the next experience. So I just keep trying to make them auditions. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. The 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 uh, ever present self tape um, yes, yes. in this tape. Yes, page. that thing. <laughs> so, kind of going back to like when you got cast as Tora, and and when this is all beginning to happen for you when it comes to resistance. How are you going about? I know we talked a lot about studying Shakespeare and and and, and kind of the 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 drag of that in in some senses uh, works for some people and not for others, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but how do you go about crafting the character of Tora? How do you how do you make her uh, real and authentic and and like a real person, but she's made of pixels? Yeah, thank you for asking. Uh, that's my favorite question. Um, so I think the first step is um, deleting the idea that she's made of pixels. Uh, she's made of my magic stuff. And she'll be made of an artist's magic stuff, an illustrator's magic stuff. Uh, will she be made out of pixels? Sure, in the same way that I am made out of cells. But um, I never try to think about like the finished product because it, it's weird. Like it, it, like this, I'm I'm holding up the, my little Toradoza action figure. It's that's it's weird to me to hold her like that. That's not Torah, that's plastic. Torah lives in me. <laughs> um, but uh, but so uh, instead of thinking of like, okay, what's a, what's a plastic thing that I know? What's another animation that I know? I try to think of what are people, who are people uh, that I respect, revere, find inspiring. Um, so when I first got the script for Torah, I read it. And I thought, <laughs> she's like a Starbuck. She's like a Battlestar Galactica Starbuck. Okay. Okay. I cannot be Katie Sackhoff. I want to be. <laughs> I want to be so much. <laughs> but I can't. Um, that's her. So uh, can I give what my idea of a Starbuck is? Could I do that? Yeah. Yeah, I can be uh, a little bit brash. I can be uh, a little bit arrogant. I can be really good at what I do. I can be really smart. Um, and and we'll see how that comes out. And just, you know, inherently, I am a higher pitched voice. I am uh, a quick to smile person, um, even and especially when I'm anxious and nervous, I smile because like, maybe I'll ingratiate myself with you if you think I'm nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can relate. So, yeah, right? <laughs> I feel Please that on a deep me. level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. If I smile, they won't hit me. I don't know. <laughs> um, but so inherently, those are the things that just kind of come out. I spent a long time in a theater school trying to control those aspects of myself. And inevitably, 
I think we all, in t- uh, when we're trying to control that inherent aspect of ourselves, it just starts rebelling either way. So I was pretty lucky that Torah rebelled from being a tough Starbuck and a F you kind of character. Like it just, I can't necessarily do that with a straight face. <laughs> and it, it was lucky that that uh, arrogance that was also kind of happy rang interesting and true to the creators and the producers of the show. And that's ultimately what they wanted and what they thought would pair well with the illustration and uh, what would be good for their audience. And that like, it's good to see someone be in charge and not be angry all the time. And especially since the show was technically produced for younger kids um, between like ages of, I want to say like what, uh, seven to 11 or so. Yeah. I'm yeah. a seven year old. Why not? Uh, <laughs> it's the same. Yeah. Right. I love you. <laughs> um, so yeah. So it's it just like, it all kind of fit together. And I just worried about the voice and worried about, being as honest to the script as possible and um the rest i let everybody else take care of because i can't know what she's gonna look like i was so like grateful and pleased to see what she looked like finally and i was like crying and like what do you mean she looks like me that's amazing how did you do that um but yeah yeah that that's kind of the answer is that does that make sense yeah, <laughs> yeah. no absolutely yeah. um I, I like that you're you're approaching it without even knowing what it's going to look like so i think that's why that's why it feels so authentic right it's not like you're performing to a, a type of look or something it's just like this is what i'm going to give the character based on the words of, of a page and I, you know, Tora is somebody who is a jack of all trades in some ways, right? Like she's, she's a gamer. She's a pilot. She's got a great dad who has a great mustache. Like, oh God, mustache game. <laughs> Which is Doza. a personality trait about her. Yeah. Like, dad, dad's Let with me great tell mustaches. You. <laughs> I I grew up with a dad with a great mustache and it really informed my personality as well. So <laughs> I think I think that is also why I'm quick to smile because I don't know that I've ever seen my dad smile under a mustache. I just don't know. <laughs> I love that. He's like the real life Captain Doza. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually kind of scary seeing the uh, the animation when they first showed us all our characters. And I was like, that's like 100% what my dad looks like. This is weird. And I, I don't <laughs> like I, You didn't take a family photo. Right. Are, are you sure you did not <laughs> right. like, see a family photo? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you guys like doing some serious Instagram stalking or what? Because... <laughs> This is weird. <laughs> anyway, I'm so sorry, Brad. But yeah, as you no. were saying. <laughs> well, that kind of leads me to my, my, my question is like, in what ways do you see yourself through, through Torah? Like she has all these traits, like she's a pet owner. She's like, she's just a ball of fun. She's a ball of energy and she just seems to really love life. Like she just loves to be unabashedly herself. Like what ways do you see yourself and her and how does that help you uh how does that help inform the performance you bring to the character especially as you start to see what she looks like throughout the seasons yeah um i mean i would say that like the 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 thing i see the most in her that is me is um 
that deep sense of trying to connect. Um, so season one, she's like super isolated. Don't we all know that feeling now? Uh, <laughs> and, and she, you know, almost is like a little bit annoying to Kaz in that she like wants to hang out with him. And she, she wants to hang out with the ace pads, but she sure as hell doesn't want to talk about work. Um, and she wants to connect with all of these people. And that, like, I think they, the the producers really honed in on that, like, that's what I was always trying to do, is that I, I wasn't just trying to connect with the words on the page and the story that we were telling, but that I was, like, asking uh, Susie McGraw, who plays Tam, like, oh, my God, like, what part of England are you from? Like, where did you grow up? That's so cool. And, like, talking to... Um, I started talking to uh, Jason Hightower, who plays Captain Doza in Spanish, because I like deeply wanted to connect our Latin roots together. And he like looks at me blankly and is like, "I don't speak Spanish, kid." I was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna use this as fuel. <laughs> I feel awkward now." <laughs> uh, but I, I, yeah, I would say that like that's that's really what I see when I watch this show. That like. She loves so much and she wants to be friends and and not just like, hey, we're like hollow deck friends, but like we're friends. We will go through everything together and I'm committed to go through everything with you. Um, and to like make that known that like you're definitely probably going to die, but know that I respect you for it. And like that's <laughs> that's the type of friendship I want someone to give me one day. <laughs> no, I think I have a couple friends that are like that. Anyway, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, and also like she's a pet owner. I'm a pet owner. Uh, she's. Uh, I'm actually not a gamer, so I think she she tops me on that. Uh, I wish I I had the dexterity, the finger dexterity, and the patience to learn because as as soon as I hear like uh, something explode or something go wah wah, like my whole nervous system just freaks out, and I'm like, I failed! No, I can't do this anymore. Uh, so, so I like deeply respect her for being a gamer, <laughs> and I deeply respect anyone that has like the bandwidth to be a gamer as well. <laughs> um, Me on easy. I'm like, okay, we're gonna play this campaign. What's the easiest mode we can get it to? I'm here for the the cutscenes, the cinematics, and yeah, same to same. walk around in the planet. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Walk around and like tap all the. Oh, I'm so bad at like, it. How, the the how non, many dogs can I pet? Yeah, the non. What are they called? The non play the non playable the NPCs, characters. Yeah. The NPCs. <laughs> I want to like know more about them than they're willing to give. Like, yeah. Like, no, 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 but really how are you today <laughs> oh yes you're you're selling fruit that's lovely but like what what do you feel about that like <laughs> how long have you lived in town yeah you know? yeah, like, yeah exactly what's your favorite thing to do on a saturday yeah. night <laughs> i need like no, I the i need like the virtual reality uh, colossus game where i get to walk around the colossus and talk to everybody they're just all npcs i'm like tell me about your life <laughs> tell yeah, me about where you come like from it. and what you do for a living. Yes. <laughs> don't you guys want to know? Okay, I don't even know if he, I don't remember. I feel like Justin gave him a name. The the uh, the janitor, the Colossus janitor. Yes. I oh, want to know. Yeah, I want to know everything yeah. about him. Yeah. How did you get I, on the Colossus? How long have you been here? What's your family <laughs> like? 
<laughs> your galaxy of origin. Tell me everything. Are you being paid right. fairly too? Most importantly, are the wages here good? Most I need to know this importantly, question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Follow up question. Is the Colossus Union just curious? <laughs> I feel like it needs to be, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't doubt it. Probably, definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, definitely. <laughs> oh, anyway, great chat, great chat. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so you talked earlier, you mentioned like being in the voice recording booth and being able to look up at, you know, Jason Hightower or your various scene partners and get to interact with them. What was it like on the day-to-day? Do you have any great memories from being in the voice booth with all the other actors and under the direction of Mary Elizabeth McGlynn and alongside the producers? Anything that sticks out to you? God, yeah. Yeah, we would play games. Um, so there's there's like a lag time between um, the vocal director and the producers and writers deciding which takes they're going to use for each scene. And so that kind of like, you know, we'll we'll take a chunk of like maybe four to ten lines and that'll take usually no more than a minute to perform. And then the, the producers then take like four minutes to 15 to decide like, OK, which which uh, take on Kaz's line 137 do we like? Uh, what if we splice these two takes together? What does that sound like? Let's do a comp of those. All right. Can you bounce it out? And then we hear it all together. But they do that all on mute. And at first I was like intently watching them and thinking like they're going to fire me today. Today's the day they're going to fire me. And uh, Scott Lawrence, who um, plays Yeager, he's he was our Yeager, you know, like he would read our emotions and our like mental state and would be like, OK, I got it. Let's play a game. Uh, hinky pinky. You got to rhyme some words. And then we got to figure out what that means. Ready? I never came up with one because I was like, I have no idea what that says. But it was always fun to like guess or or he'd come up with like another. I'm trying to think of like all the games he had us play. Um, we do like zip, zap, zop. I don't know if you guys have ever mm-hmm. played that where you clap and say zip to one person. That person passes it along. And we just like sit and talk and tell jokes and like try to. <laughs> so Scott was amazing in that like. He's not a comedian, but like he understands the formula of comedy. And so he'd try to like make up jokes for us to laugh at. And at some point we'd be like, I don't know that that makes sense, Sky. Like, what are you talking about? And he'd just so earnestly be like, yeah, I didn't deliver that well. Anyway, so what are you guys doing? <laughs> so it was just like any time we had like a whole group record where we could talk forever and get to know each other and play games it was just like i just knew like any any group record we have is just going to be so much fun because we're going to have those like for every three minutes we work is 15 minutes of us just sitting around and playing and and getting to know each other and you're like that's not a bad gig to also get paid while doing (laughs) right this is my job that is awesome. <laughs> There's one thing that's so clear from the Resistance cast, and it's just like, it seems like one big happy family. Like, I think it's so rare to find a group of people who don't 
who don't just see it as a job, but like see it as an opportunity to connect with one another and like do something really special. And like, that's pretty evident from like when you guys took to celebration, the celebration stage and had your resistance panel, which regrettably Sarah and I were unable to make because we were flying back home. It's, my greatest it's regret of me, all time. It's going to haunt it's me to my grave. <laughs> I know oh. we're fake fans. Like, end it now. <laughs> you know, this whole remembering resistance charade is to compensate for us missing that. I I can see clearly. I can see that clearly. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, you guys missed an awesome panel. Uh, it was the first thing I watched you... when I got home. I like put it on YouTube on my TV. I was like, okay, FOMO. Yeah, yeah. And like clearly you guys were the only ones on the plane because there were so many people there. I, going to Celebration, I was like, maybe there's going to be like four people who are interested in Resistance. Like, there are so many Princess Leia cosplayers. I cannot compete. So whatever. Uh, and walking onto that panel stage. Uh, so I I did like a, a like an Instagram live or something. I don't know. But I was like legitimately freaking out because I walked out thinking there'll be five people. It'll be hilarious. And I'm recording as they're recording us and I'm recording them. And Bobby Moynihan is recording me, recording him, recording them. And we both are like... <laughs> This is wild. There are so many people here. Like it I didn't know there were so many fans. I legitimately didn't know that like so many people liked us and liked the show and it it was so cool. It was just so cool to be back there. And and so like people like Billy uh, Bobby Moynihan, not Billy. Who's Billy Moynihan? Bobby Moynihan. It's the evil twin and, of Bobby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Get on it, Bobby. Show us something funny of that. Yeah. Um, like uh, 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 Bobby and and Don Faison, Donald Faison, like we got to play with them maybe a couple times because they're like heavy hitters. And like I'm still starstruck that I met Elijah Wood. Like, whoa. <laughs> he shook my hand and was like, can't wait to play with you guys. And I was like, oh, my God. He said that to us. <laughs> We should be like shining his shoes and like being his seat or something. Uh, Yeah, but like they just to know that they loved Star Wars as much as we loved it and that they like respected what we were doing and and that they wanted to be a part of it. And it just enhanced us. It really it made us better actors. It made I won't speak for everybody because I think everybody else is a better actor, but it made me feel like a better actor. And it, it yeah, it was just this sense of like. They yeah, we are whether they're more well-known actors or not, we have this deep common love for something. And like how how can we not? feel like family how can we not look at each other and just be like so giddy and excited that this this came through this, this was yeah love. and yeah. S- seeing the crowd there i i will say like you know just from when we do this day and just in conversations with our friends like the resistance fan base is uh passionate um we are we are small but there are many of us like i think of that one <laughs> meme all the time like we all 10 of us but like really there's more than that like there are so many resistance fans it's way more than 10 um, yeah, sometimes least. it feels very small when you think of things like you know the, the popularity of the mandalorian and all these big star wars things that are happening but like we see resistance just as big like just as important to 
all the stories that we've gotten and like yeah i hope there's a season 3.5 or whatever like i hope we get that at some point because these characters deserve the world and deserve to like have even more time on screen yeah thank you i hope so too (laughs) and like how can it not be a big thing when you have a ship that's literally called the colossus in it i don't people the people who haven't watched the show yet are like really missing out on the greatest ship in the entirety of star wars and that's just facts that's just facts that's just facts uh no spoilers but the end of season one i cried and screamed and like if i can try to convince anybody who's like listening to this pod or anybody out in the world to watch resistance it is those surprises that i'm gonna say something controversial i don't know that i was as often surprised during the mandalorian as i was in resistance there, I said it. Yeah. There hot, are like takes, hot, hot takes. Hot takes. Yeah. Hot <laughs> takes were, from Myrna. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple, you know, and then like watching the book of Boba Fett, there were a lot of episodes where I was telling my brother, I think I'm done today. Like, I don't know if I need to keep watching this show. And he was like, super hot takes. Uh, he was the one that was like, no, keep watching. There are surprises, <laughs> some resistant worthy surprises. Don't be a snob. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll watch it. Uh, and I'm glad that I did. But like, I think that's, that's the, the, the real true heart of Star Wars is that we, we give you turns no matter if it's just this two season, uh, a little, little, we are small, but we are many fans. <laughs> um, <laughs> But or if it's, you know, freaking Obi-Wan Kenobi's show, like, yeah, we can't compete with you, McGregor, but we can enhance him. okay? and and we can give surprises as well. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody can compete with you, McGregor. He is the center of the universe and we all just (laughs) orbit around him. Just happy to be revolving around him. Yeah, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's more than okay. It's delightful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man, I, I'm very happy that show exists. So and oh, us too, us too for sure. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so if anybody, I'm gonna just throw it out into the universe. Huge crush on Diego Luna over here. I am so excited for Andor. Just so excited. Welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> we are, yeah. we are. Uh, it's our whole personality now. Um, fun fact. Yeah, it's our same, one personality same. trait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From now until the end of time. Yeah, so excited. But also, bring back the animation. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know if you've watched Bad Batch uh, season one, but there are there are like some really good little resistance nods in there. Um, is, isn't there the, the little Buggles little creature Buggles. that I can't yeah. remember? Yes! I, and yeah. I was like, I, I know that. <laughs> I can never remember their names. And I know that Brandon Almond told me uh, several times and I'm always still like, yeah, but let me Google it because I don't really remember. <laughs> yeah, they're just all Buggles. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They're all named Buggles. Yeah. They're the Buggle species. They're all named they're Buggles. They're just Buggles, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad we, we finally like put that down in stone. That's that. Yeah, yeah. As, as author Daniel Jose Older would say, canon with the gavel. There you go. So. Perfect. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> you spoke of family and like, you know, uh, within the cast, but centering it down to like Tora and her family. And we alluded to it earlier. I think one of the biggest things with Tora and that's explored in season two is, is her mom, uh, Vanessa Doza. And this was just such a, such a revelatory thing. Cause we hadn't really heard much about her mom. We knew her relationship with captain Doza. 
And we often don't see a lot of mother daughter relationships in Star Wars. Like there's actually very few of them. Unfortunately, yeah. I think often it's really focused on the father and the son. Um, so to get this story was like so refreshing. It was so new and it was so needed. Um, what does that relationship mean to you? And even you can even expand it to the, the daughter father relationship too, but just like having these two parents who are looking out for Torah and like what family means to this, what this, this group and like what they've had to go through in the, in the war and like being, to, being separated for so long, especially on her birthday. It's so sad. It's the first know, resistance right? episode I like sobbed over. I was like, oh God, yeah. just bring her home. Same. Right. Yeah. I remember reading that episode and being like, I'm so honored they gave us a birthday. And at the same time, like, I I struggled with Tora for a little while when we were first developing the character because it, uh, you know, they when we finally came together, um, directors and, and uh, writers and, and me and, and the whole cast, we were just kind of like, okay, who is she really? We like that you came up with this, like, tough uh pilot but we can't you know for <laughs> copyright infringement purposes we can't really actually give the world another starbuck from battle Go Battlestar galactica uh so who is she really and a lot of the times i was like well she is a daughter of some captain who is very mean Okay, what else? <laughs> and so they always wanted to soften her and then like give her this kind of direction of like, and she can be tough because she also is a mom. But when we were recording season one, there was never really talk of her mom. And I didn't really know how to like shape her into a tough woman without falling into like the tropes of a huh, tough woman, which I don't know, I'd venture to say is a lot of women these days and a lot of girls these days were given princesses. Um, and why do I love Princess Leia so much? Why do I think most girls and women love Princess Leia so much? She had a blaster and she was tough. And that was really hard to wrap my head around when you've only got one or if you're not exposed to one at all. Um, so when I finally met Tasia, the voice of Vanessa Doza, it just clicked. Um, I could, you know, the, the happy birthday episode, I, I could tap into like, what's it feel like to be sad? What's it feel like to not get what you want? What's it feel like to miss someone? Okay, cool. But when I finally heard Tasia's Vanessa's my mom's voice it just clicked in that like oh I'm tough because she's tough not because I have a chip on my shoulder because my dad's strict AF I'm tough and I know stuff because she taught me everything and she she did it with a very specific guiding force that was full of love and and uh, confidence that like you don't you don't often get from, at least I didn't get from my dad. Uh, and, and another thing that I thought was so cool about that relationship was growing up, um, I su I'm super close with my mom. Like to this day, she's one of my best friends. Um, she's my first best friend. 
And the idea of like not being around her legitimately horrifies me. Like, what do you mean you can't be around your mom? Like, what do you mean you 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 don't see your mom for a year? Oh God! Uh, so that was like something I could tap into. <laughs> but um, then I recognized that like my dad ninety percent of the time was gone. He was working. He was on trips. He was doing his life to help provide in some way. And to be able to flip that that dynamic around I thought was so cool um and and just like also really informed the way we tell the stories about families and that we often or at least I often expect the father figure to not be as present um and watching resistance you can really see how Captain Doza struggles with being strict and struggles with is he doing the right thing because he doesn't have a partner to bounce that idea off? Am I supposed to keep her in her room? Is it safe to have her as an ace pilot? She's so young. Uh, she's getting involved with this boy, Kaz. Who is that? <laughs> you know? Uh, and then, like, when you finally get to see the unit together and see Vanessa and Emmanuel talk and, and connect for that love, for each other and for their daughter and that like they're they're making sacrifices left and right and they're doing it for love and they're they're you know making compromise with each other uh Venice is freaking compromising her own safety and like I just I think that's like such cool and legitimate couples goals like to just deeply care about each other and to say, hey, you got to do something outside your comfort zone because I have a set of skills that you don't. Um, I have a conviction for something that maybe you don't right now. I have anonymity that you don't. Um, and, and trust me that I'm going to come back and trust me that I'm doing this out of love. And they do. And it's like, <laughs> I love you. Love you, mom and dad. <laughs> they, <laughs> they're the best. Yeah, they're the best. They're the best. They really are. They really are. Yeah. They've they've taught me a lot about how to be in relationship and, and how to how to move forward with a partner. Because I think at the end of the day, that's what they are to each other. And like any of us should be so lucky to have parents that look like that. And they're thinking for each other and, and for their child first. Sarah and I say it all the time. We could we could watch or read so many stories of these characters, but I, I really do feel like, and we both feel this, like the Dozas are just so interesting. You got the dad who was in the empire, the mom who took him out of the empire. Then they have this daughter who's just like so amazing and just like the best of both worlds for these two characters. Yeah. You know, inhabits yeah. all of their traits. Yeah. Yeah. And like sometimes I equate and maybe it's a false equation, but I equate the idea of like working for the empire and being a part of the empire as like any uh, like major personality or personal flaw that a person has. Like what if you just like were really deeply addicted to like a really harmful substance or what if you were like really extreme on a viewpoint that was harming your family or your community and to see that Doza came out of that 
And it, it wasn't just a thought process he did on his own. He needed people like Vanessa to love him. He needed friendships like Yeager to trust him and pull him out of that extreme experience and that extreme um, empire uh, to to come back and like what a comeback story. I wish we could season 3.5 is going back in time and seeing that, you know, like hell, I'm saying let's throw let's throw uh Captain Doza, young Captain Doza and like Andor. Hell with it. Let's do it, you yes, know. And and exactly. even, you know, thinking about all these people that have been so important to him, um to Tora, right? He's got the he's got the imperial uniform in his closet you know, the skeleton in the closet and she's right. the one that can kind of keep him softened and to keep yeah. him that fatherly figure, right? Like he, he, she gives him purpose beyond yeah. like ruling and like being in the high tower. Yeah. And also like touching on that, recognizing that the empire probably did a really good at, job at ruling that. I mean, by definition, that's what an empire does. It rules. But it ruled so heavy-handedly, and it killed people, and it destroyed planets. And his first um, education on how to be the person in charge was that. So he needs someone like Tora to soften him. He needs to be reminded that you have to make decisions out of love. You have to make decisions out of uh, community compassion. And I think like what's so cool about Tora is that she doesn't, uh, she never leaves that that sense of compassion. Um, and she's like probably smarter than I ever was at 15 <laughs> in that she, she could really like she emotionally intelligent that she could recognize in herself when she was bored, when she was frustrated, when she was scared and never uh, walked towards those dark feelings. But that somehow found a way to say, okay, well, how do I do this out of love? How do I get out of here, out of this, um, experience with curiosity and light. I'm like, that's just good writing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Love <Yes>. is unifying. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Representation in, in our galaxy is so important, and it's also so important in the galaxy far, far away. For so long, Star Wars looked one way and, you know, uh, had a very specific lens uh, with which it was created. And, and that is what it is. Uh, but what does it mean to you to be a part of the Star Wars galaxy and uh, to bring, you know, your Mexican-American representation into the show through Torah, through Resistance, etc.? It means the galaxy to me. Um, I will buck at that. And I often buck at, at, at that specific argument that it's looked a certain way. Uh, you were only looking at the main characters. Uh, that's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a fair you know, response to that. For you sure. know, um, and, and another thing that I always credit my mom to is she would say, look at the people around the main character. Look at the things around the main character. Um, now, what's huge and what's so, like, uplifting is that I don't have to do that anymore. And people of color don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to forsake the main storyline to try to find ourselves uh, in the background. And that, like, 
that's the thing I'm most passionate about is is that we we are yes we're giving you storylines that a certain demographic of of certain Americans are maybe not used to but I try to talk about it in the same way that I talk about nachos everybody loves nachos that's true. <laughs> even Torah. But, even Torah. Uh, but when you first are introduced to a plate of nachos, it can feel intimidating, scary, weird. I don't like spicy food. Don't put jalapenos on it. What do you mean, melted cheese? I have to use my hands to eat this? Yeah. There's a lot of different things going on. But... If you wash your hands, get yourself a little clean and try it, you'll find something you like in it and you'll find something you identify with. Um, and then, of course, you know, if it's still too spicy, if uh, <laughs> if Diego Luna is going to be too spicy for you, well, then fine, more for me. But <laughs> <laughs> like that's it's so exciting and it's so like joyful that. I can call up my aunt or my girl cousins and be like, oh my God, sexy AF Diego Luna's going to be an And that we have someone that we can look to and not have to look around for. Um, and that's just huge. And if like you've never done that, I highly recommend going to like a part of town or watching a foreign film and try to find people that look like you in the background and notice how like frustrating that can be. Maybe the capacity will grow. I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. so that's, that's that. <laughs> it's, it's incredible too. I mean, uh, of all the live action star Wars that has come out, it's basically all headlined by people of color. Like it's, it's incredible. Like you have Pedro, you have Tamora Morrison, you have Ming-Na Wen, um, yeah. Dago Luna. Rosario Dawson. Right? Yeah. Like, you have just so that, many amazing actors at the at the forefronts of these tv shows like you said there were yeah. not you're not on the periphery anymore they're at the forefront yeah and i will also say in defense to people who kind of are uh, expecting a character to be a certain way or expecting a franchise to be a certain way i was now i love rosaria dawson i think she's also goals as a human being and as as a performer but i was like how could that how could that actress, how could that woman be Ahsoka? I don't think it's going to work well. She delivered. She delivered. And, and you know, we have to kind of accept that, like, if we accept um, a species from another galaxy has, has purple skin, has uh, multicolored skin, then we get to open the pool of people who could represent that as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, absolutely it's an opportunity it it's more competition because now we you know even i'm <laughs> fighting <laughs> for those kinds of roles but it is it is if you always try to look at it as friendly competition and as a way to better yourself make yourself a better actor make yourself a better artist make yourself a better human um it's never going to be bad it's always it's always going to be good it's always going to be better Rising tide lifts all boats. That's Yay. that's for sure. You know, yes. this is the saying show. We've had so many great sayings on this episode. Saying show. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, the saying show. 
Well, maybe we'll pull a few more uh, fun sayings uh, at the end of this episode because we have a little bit of a fun rapid fire uh, round here of questions to close us out. Not trivia, though. Okay. So no stress. Thank you. All right answers. Sweating in this little vocal booth here. (laughs) Like, oh, God, let me Google it. Like, what is the Buggles name species? It's Buggles. That's the correct answer. Uh, That's the one (laughs) trivia question we've already addressed. Uh, What is your favorite star wars story there's so many of them animation live action there's just uh, so darth much to Maul's choose from story darth maul story yes. easy Ooh. Yeah. yeah yeah such a cool character um, yes that's that's the character that i like did go out of my way to find um comic books for and everything like he's such a multifaceted character and then like sam whitward i another thing i keep throwing out i'm gonna meet these people and be like i never said that about you what are you talking about uh but he is brilliant and so beautiful as well so yeah yeah it's true it's true yeah it is actually true i don't know um if you've uh you know listened to any of the mall stories in books but there is a there's a mall book that just a legends book that just got a re-recording by sam whitler (gasps) And he also recorded a middle grade short story that's a part of an anthology. Uh, and it's uh, amazing. So if you want six hours of Sam Whitworth's voice in your ears, that's, that's the place to go. Me up. Star me Wars up. Shadow Hunter that is the book for <laughs> all of our listeners, too, who are so interested much. in that. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Shadow Hunter. I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> all right. More rapid fire. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you hope viewers of any age uh, take away from resistance? The love, the love, the family. Yeah. Especially if you feel like, especially if you feel like, like, I don't really love my family right now. Um, it's a good substitution. <laughs> Team Colossus, you cannot go wrong. Can't go wrong. You've already, uh, I think you might have already kind of answered this, but uh, Torah memorabilia, you have the action figure, you have the patch. Is there anything else in your your arsenal that you remember for Torah through? Uh, yeah, yeah. I have the action figure. I have the action figure of her ship. Um, you know, it's like, it's not Torah, but it reminds me of Torah. So before I could tell anybody, uh, that I was on resistance. I couldn't even tell my own family. Uh, My brother got me this Princess Leia shirt. And I used to wear it like every day for um, May the 4th. And I've got like pictures on on the Instagrams for it as well. But for some reason, like it always reminds me of Torah. And I've not like worn it in a little while, but I am never going to get rid of it because it just is like, that's my tie to Star Wars and like this weird inception-y kind of thing that my brother didn't know I was in resistance. And yet he gave me the shirt that Christmas right before, right after I had started recording. And it was just like, ah, oh, this is so many memories here. <laughs> Finally, what does Star Wars, your whole Star Wars experience mean to you at the end of the day? We ask the really easy questions in rapid fire. And you can only get one word. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay. No, that's that's a joke. That's a joke. joke. Whatever time. (laughs) Um, uh, The the major one word is, um, and I'm going to give you like 12 words after it, but opportunity. Um, And not just that like it was my first major opportunity as a career, but that 
the idea of traveling in space, the idea of visiting multiple planets in a day, the idea of visiting galaxies and going the speed of light is such an opportunity to imagine. Um, but also like, for some reason I'm plugging maths and sciences, but like, it's such a, a real opportunity that I wish we as a, as a species could like really look to in, in the way that like we have to take care of this planet so that we can bring others to see it and so that we can um, find a, a sense of identity in other planets if and when we get that opportunity to to go out and to not be earthlings anymore. The wonder, the wonder of it all. <laughs> we ask every guest that that question to to close out and I've never we've never gotten an opportunity. I really love that. It's that's a new one. So thank you for sharing that perspective. And, um, you know, we hope this is not your last opportunity in Star Wars, um, because like we said, we love these characters. You know, you mentioned How I Met Your Mother earlier. Hell, yeah. let's do the How I Met Your Mother, the Doza show. You know, all three of them. They're back. <laughs> yes! We're pitching it. We're pitching oh, we're it. We're pitching it. We're pitching it. Yes. <laughs> whoever's yes, whoever's yes. listening, make it happen. Write it down. Um, <laughs> yes. But in all seriousness, we are so uh, so thankful that um, Tora Doza got to be a part of Star Wars. That you got to be a part of Star Wars, and um, we remember Resistance three years three years later. So, thank you so much, Mirna, for joining us on the on the podcast today. Uh, where can our listeners oh. find you, and uh, what do you have coming up that you're working on that we should? you know, be binging ourselves and sitting on our couches watching. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you can interact with me maybe <laughs> uh, and and find me if you're a socials kind of person on, uh, I do more posting and reels and stuff on Instagram, but to be very honest, I'm not that active. Uh, my Instagram ha handle at thingy, that's how literate on social media I am, uh, is at Mernzilla, M-Y-R-N, and then Zilla like Godzilla. Um, perfect. <laughs> thank you. I did. I was told once to change it by by the uh, industry suits, and I was like, nah. People find <laughs> me if they want to. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, I have been busy working away um, for mother company, <laughs> Disney, but I can't talk about it just yet. Just know that in a few years, it's going to be hilariously big. Um, I hope, I hope. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, you can find me on the streamables right now uh, through uh, the DC universe. So did a little bit of a jump, uh, a little bit multiversing. Speaking of multiverse, if you like Teen Titans Go or DC Superhero Girls, we've got a movie on HBO Max, Teen Titans Go and DC Superhero Girls Mayhem in the Multiverse. Super hilarious, um, just like good, clean, old fashioned uh, silliness to look out for uh, are a couple of things through the same um, platform, maybe. <laughs> How cryptic can I get? The one I can talk about is uh, Batman and Superman, the Battle of the Super Sons. It's going to come out, I believe, October 19th on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, a couple weeks or a month or so later, it'll be on HBO Max as well. I play Wonder Girl, which is kind of another really cool experience, if I say so myself. Um, if you find yourself babysitting uh, four-year-olds or younger, pop on uh, Santiago of the Seas. I'm a bad guy. 
uh, more fantasy for you. It's a pirate show. It's really adorable. Uh, you'll also learn a couple of words in Spanish so that you can up your babysitting rate. Um, <laughs> be like, I taught your child how to say muchas gracias. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I play Escarlata la Pirata. Um, it's super duper cute, super wholesome. It's one of those things that if you're having a really bad day, it's just like nice to pop that on. Uh, I believe it's on Amazon Prime, but it's through Nick Jr. So find me. I'd love to love to say hello. <laughs> so many great things you're working on and we'll be on the lookout for those. So, um, yeah, once again, thank you so much for joining us. It's such an honor. We hope you enjoy your Remembering Resistance Day um, and, and rediscover the joy through the series. And until next time. May the force be with you. Oh, thank you both so much, Sarah and Brad. Thank you for having the patience to uh, wait for me to come on to the to the show. I have been quiet this past pandemic years. So thank you so much for remembering resistance and like by extension, remembering me. Ah, uh, that's huge. So thank you. And may the force be with you as well. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening to our interview with Myrna Velasco. It was such a pleasure to have her on the show and I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with her just as much as we did. Yes. And that puts a conclusion to this year's Remembering Resistance Day event. But like we said, um, there is never a bad time during the year to remember this show because it's so great. And if you haven't given it a chance or started watching it, you know, now's your time. So it's never too late. Find it on Disney+. Plus. Every day of the year, not just today. Yes. <laughs> In the meantime, you can hear more from us here at Friends of the Force by following Sarah and I on our socials as well as the podcast. And if you'd be so kind, leave a five-star written review wherever you're listening to the show and make sure to subscribe so all of our future episodes drop right into your podcast feed. We also have a Patreon where tiers start at just a dollar, and we are immensely grateful to all of our Patreon supporters. So thank you to Amy, Brian with an I, Brian with a Y, Cheryl, Clay, Danny, Davis, Dylan, Donnie, Huang, Jen, Knights of Ren, Leanne, Levi, Lucy, Lindsay, Randy, Rob, Saber Bouquet, Skytalkers, Stephen, Travis, Tom, and T. Thank you all very much for your support, and thank you to everyone who listened to this episode today. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you all so much for your support. Thank you for celebrating with us this year, and until the fourth annual Remembering Resistance Day, Team Colossus, out.